Welcome to In The Making, I'm your host Selena, and today we're going to be talking about sitting in uncertainty and specifically when it comes to sitting in uncertainty when it comes to transitions. Uh, transitions are huge, uncertain, and uncomfortable times, and so we're going to talk about how God actually uses that in our lives. Um, today I have with me Sarah and Gina. Sarah is a good friend of mine, a beloved friend who has essentially been in a transition for the past three years as she attempts to go overseas um, and do ministry there in South Asia. And then we have Gina Boots. That's a, did I say that right? No, no. that's all right. No. No one does. <laughs> <laughs> How do I say your last name? Boots. 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 Like she puts her foot down. She puts, puts. her foot down. Yeah. Boots. Gina yep. Butts. Um, I actually really like the way that you say your last name, but it's, it's a fun last name. Um, anyways, Gina has worked with Crew, which is our sister organization in the States for the past 25 years. Uh, some of that time was overseas as well in East Asia. She currently serves in headquarters in Orlando, which I feel like your role now is helping many people come back and transition essentially <laughs> yes. to living yes. in the States. Um, and Gina wrote a book called Making Peace with Change, Navigating Life's Messy Transitions with Honesty and Grace. And so um, you're like the expert on <laughs> transitions <laughs> in some way. Yeah. Well, why don't we begin by having you guys share your story. So what is your story of sitting in transition? Gina, why don't we start with you? Yeah. I mean, um, just throughout my time um, in ministry, I've had a lot of transitions, of course, like I started single and I got married, um, moved overseas, um, had kids, um, moved to different locations overseas, had different roles. And then coming back here, actually, the move back to the U.S. was really one of the harder transitions that I've had to make. And I kind of thought like, gosh, you'd think I would like, this isn't my first rodeo. Like you would think I would know how to do this by now. But I think actually what I've realized is that, um, the transitions are getting harder because I think I'm more conscious of how they're impacting me and I'm choosing not to just pretend that I'm okay. And I'm, I'm not making it my goal to like, quote, get back to normal, um, as quickly as possible rather just to learn to sit in what is being stirred in me. Um, like for example, right now, um, our youngest child left for college this fall. So we are sitting in the empty nest, which, um, is not nearly as much fun as they promised. And, um, <laughs> finding myself sitting in a lot of loss and grief and change. Um, it's a lot of, um, just not knowing how to do this season very well and realizing, that there are things that I just can't control or just, um, confronting my expectations. And I think I was thinking about this earlier and I feel like, um, it's sort of like transitions, like realizing that your room is like really, it's like transition. It's a very messy process. And it's like, if you look around and your room is really messy, you could open a closet door and you could shove all the mess inside of it and shut the door and get back to life but you still have a messy closet and the things in the closet don't just go away because you're ignoring them. And so <clears throat> I feel like learning to sit in transition is learning to sit with that messy room and kind of take one piece at a time and go, huh, what is this telling me about 
you know, where I'm looking for life or what's important to me or what I want or what I've lost and just like take a th one thing at a time and choose to clean up the room on my own rather than just pretending it doesn't exist. And I think that that's harder and it takes more time, but I think in the long run, it's more wholehearted. Sarah, what's your story? Um, what's my story of transition? So it's helpful just to, to hear Gina talk about this. I think my main point of transition is moving from working in, in Toronto, um, serving in a job that I loved for yeah, more than seven years, um, to something that I felt like God was calling me to do for a while. Um, and so that thought of um, going overseas and making that change was something that I've been building to, but not knowing how to do that was um, one part of the being in transition. Like, okay, I know that I am probably going to make this shift. What's that going to look like? Um, so there's there was a lot of open and closed doors and then figuring out, okay, I know where I'm going. How do I get there? There's a lot of issues with paperwork and um, waiting for that, getting rejected and doing more paperwork and hoping that they will accept my piles of paper eventually. Um, yeah, in between, there was like interim positions that I took on uh, that were difficult because it's not where you want to be. Mm -hmm. It's helpful for the moment, mm -hmm. but you aren't supposed to settle in. Yeah. Um, I think that has been the most frustrating mm. <laughs> where, um, I don't know, I think uh, I'm seeing a lot. I like, I, I think I've seen a lot of my own issues come up through mm -hmm. during all of this. I'm getting to know myself better in like the least likable way. <laughs> um, but yeah, just realizing like, oh, I wish I could do more, but this is, mm. this is a transitional phase. So do what you are told to do <laughs> and enjoy that. Even if it's not what you want to do, the season is necessary. And so that's been frustrating. And then when I'm finally able to go and I was about to book my ticket when uh, flights got closed mm. in March. So like literally like gave away all my things. It's true. I oh bought gosh. some of it off of you yeah, and took I some of it. All of my things. Oh. I had plans, like bought a bunch of boxes to pack and mm. told all my friends who were going to be the people that were going to store my possessions. Um, had a send off. We, That's also we talk true. About that. Yeah. <laughs> when it came to that send off, we talk about that as like a hilarious joke. Remember when y'all sent me off and I'm still here? <laughs> So all of that happened in March and now, yeah, COVID, it's like, okay, this is a constant waiting. Yeah. Because I have no idea when COVID will end. Remember when I thought COVID or we all thought COVID was going to be two weeks? Two like, weeks. That? They promised. <laughs> like just two weeks, guys. Everything will shut down for two weeks and then we'll be back to mm. normal. Massive lie. Mm. Um, <laughs> so yeah, still kind of waiting. Mm -hmm. Um and yeah, what I thought waiting would look like has changed drastically. Mm. Mm. And I still don't really know. Mm. Yeah, what the waiting is supposed to be. I'm figuring it out and working through. But yeah, just that being in a place where I'm not where I want to be. Yeah, I'm waiting to get there. And I can't settle in this space. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. 
And I feel like that does feel like COVID in general. Like we just don't know how long this is going to be, but we know it's not normal. So we don't want to like fully transition or settle into it because we're like, no, like this is going to change eventually. (laughs) I don't know what it's going to change into. Um, And it does feel like that in between, which I, I think really all transitions feel like that. Like Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do in this in between where I'm not quite where I want to be or where I'm supposed to be, but I I don't know. It feels so uncomfortable just (laughs) thinking about it. (laughs) Like, yeah, that uncomfortability of this is, uh, this is not what it should be. This is not what it's supposed to be. I know I'm supposed to move into something, but I'm not there yet. Uh, Mm -hmm. Personally, like we often aren't there yet. And also um, maybe the situation forces us to not be there yet as well, circumstantially, whether it, it is like transitioning out of university or to marriage or mm-hmm. anything in life like we're still kind of in the making I guess of it all yeah yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, you guys touched a little bit about things that you're learning in the process but how have you experienced God in the midst of your transition and um, in the uncomfortability of it all I think in this well I think in in the last several transitions that we've been through, I've tried to start to pay attention to how I am experiencing God and, you know, the reality that he, he is the one thing in my life that isn't changing, that, Mm -hmm. that is constant, that I can rely on. Um, and it's just been like sweet to look at certain, um, changes that we've gone through and realize like, gosh, here, God really showed up in a really tender hearted way in this one, or in this one, he really showed up as the provider or just like learning to see that he is at work in even like hard transitions that I didn't want to make, or even ones that I did want to make. Um, I think realizing like he's always gone ahead of me into a new season. So even though I'm walking into something that feels unknown or unfamiliar, like I just that confidence that I know we can have of like, he's got good things for me in this season. Um, and I think like, it's been really important for me to realize and to sink into the fact that he is so okay with me being in process and like not being as quote productive as I might normally be or what, like, that's not goal. God's goal for me is be productive, (laughs) get things done, you know? And so like even yesterday I was just sitting with, um, I was writing out some of the things that I'm feeling about this season of being in the empty nest and some of the, the losses that I feel and things like that. And I just asked myself, like, what does God have to say about this season that I was, that I'm sitting in and just like letting his words of comfort and compassion just wash over me and be so such an encouragement. And I think, you know, in the past, I don't think I probably would have seen him that way sitting with me. Cause I think initially, like it's easy for us, like if we're people who are typically hard on ourselves, like it's easy to be like, well, God would like tell me to pull myself together and like move on and get, you know, and just, I think it's really a good opportunity and transition to like ask ourselves what we think the voice of God is saying. And like, mm-hmm. if that voice isn't kind and like patient and compassionate and gracious, like that's not the voice of God. And we don't mm-hmm. have to listen to that voice, you know? So like any voice that's like pushing us to like pull it together and figure it out, like that's not his voice. And so I think it's been really helpful to separate my expectation on myself 
from really God's expectation on me, which is like, it's okay for you to be in this messy place and to not know what you're doing and to not feel confident and to, you know, just feel helpless. Like I'm going to meet you in that place with my kindness. And Mm -hmm. so that's been really, really a source of comfort for me in transition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really helpful to hear. I know I was thinking yesterday um, in this transition, I've actually been quite disciplined, like maybe the most disciplined in my life that I ever have been, but that I was recognizing yesterday that it is like a form of control. Like if I just do all the right Mm -hmm. things, maybe I'll feel better. (laughs) Maybe I'll like feel happier and, you know, things will go smoothly for me and that doesn't work. Um, (laughs) And as I was praying about that, I um, was just struck by how God doesn't necessarily want my discipline, but my Mm. dependence Mm. and that maybe it's not about having it all together or attempting to have it all together, but actually being this like broken, weak, mm-hmm. clingy, crying person <laughs> who's just like, I can't do any of this, uh, which I'm like, I don't even know what this is right now <laughs> that I'm supposed to do, <laughs> like live my normal life in a season that looks weird. Um, yeah. And so, um, it, I think what you were just saying was was very comforting for me to hear and mm. um, kind of in line with that idea of it's not about being productive, but about experiencing God in the midst of um, the chaos of a transition. Mm. Sarah, you, you seem deep in thought. Also, your makeup looks good today. I feel like I should just mention it because they can't see you, but I, know. I can I love, see you on this video call. I love your necklace. Call. You look really good. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, yeah, this is, I feel like God's been saying so many different things, um, but they're usually all along the same lines. Um, uh, I think, Gina, you mentioned, um, yeah, I think... I regularly run on this idea of these are the things I need to do. Mm. These are the things um, I need to do in order to feel good about uh, myself or where my life is heading or things like that. Um, And I think when you are in a position where you're out of control, like all of all of those feelings kind of come to the surface because you can't do them. I don't think I realized that. Like, I would have never normally said that I desire control. Mm. Like, I thought it was easygoing. Apparently, I'm not at all. Yeah, me too. Um, it's very upsetting. I thought I was a way more chill person than I realized I am in the last three years. Mm. Um, yeah, I really, I really care about control mm. in terms of as long as I know what I'm supposed to do, I'm good. Mm. But if I'm in a place where I feel helpless... It just, yeah, I feel very out of control. Oh, like, oh, mm. there's nothing I can do to affect change in this situation. Mm. That's a very upsetting place for me yeah. to be. Yeah. Um, so even if there's a de- delay, okay, that's sad, but it's okay. We can try again. We can work at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I'm just noticing, yeah, it's in these places where I can't have what I want mm. that I notice the things that actually drive me. Mm. Um, and I think, God, I'm just... I'm constantly finding that God is so much kinder Mm. than I ever give him credit for. Mm -hmm. Um, Like to the point where I'm, I'm annoyed 
<laughs> by the things that he tells me to do because he, he doesn't he actually does not care about the things that I care about mm. I'm really thankful that that's true but like yeah constantly like reminding myself like God cares way more about who I'm becoming than what I'm doing mm-hmm. that's upsetting because I care about what I'm doing <laughs> and every day like that's my complaint to him like I don't think I'm doing anything and God's like that's okay we can talk about that but <laughs> I care way more about <laughs> yeah who you're becoming. Yeah. Um and he just desires so much to be with me and to have me be with him. Mm. Um and sometimes I think that's a waste of time and that's really heartbreaking <laughs> to admit. Yeah. Cuz I, I I say I love him. <laughs> but really I I I use him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's really upsetting. So I just feel like in the waiting, God has been so patient and so kind, drawing me to his side. I'd be like, man, you like really love me. Hmm. Like, it's a lot. (laughs) I would like for us to stop talking about these things and just get stuff done. And God's like, no, I want you to sit with me. I want you to enjoy me. And that's been really hard for me to do Mm -hmm. because it feels like a waste to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, just kind of understanding like what God values um and it's been really freeing when I'm finally doing what God wants me to do in any season Mm -hmm. right like yeah if he's the one that made me he actually has the best plan for how I'm supposed to use my time um and at any given moment he's kind of uprooting the lies and telling me again hey like remember I'm in control and that's such a good thing Mm -hmm. he's not like He's not being a bully. He's not pulling a power move. He's just saying, sweetheart, just like rest in, in the fact that I have this. Yeah. And then come, come hang out with me. Things will happen. And I think in these three years, things have happened. Things mm-hmm. have progressed. Mm-hmm. But that hasn't been the main point of our conversations. Yeah. And that's just been really helpful for me to know. Like, I, you know, I'm like trying to like schedule like, calls with God. I'm like, Lord, what are we going to do to get things done? He's like, don't care. Do not care about that. (laughs) That's going to happen when I want them to. And I'm not going to tell you about when that's going to happen. I want to have a different conversation with you. And that has continued to be very frustrating, Mm -hmm. but freeing when I stop fighting him on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's such a good point, Sarah. Like that transition, I think in that way can be such a gift because it really does help us see like what has been too important to us. And where our expectations for our lives are not what God desires for us or like his plans for us. And we can try like to get him to buy into our agenda and be like, no, no, God, I think it would be really great if this was as important to you as it is to me. (laughs) He's like, well, yeah, I'm sure that would be really great for you. But like, I love you too much to let that be so important to you. So Mm -hmm. it really is. It's like, it's like, I, I think of like, when we plant, you know, my, my husband's a great gardener and he loves to do landscaping in our yard. And, you know, when you try to transplant something from one place to another, there's just like all this dirt that flies and it's just to like replant it is such a messy process. And, mm. and yeah, I don't know where I was going with that analogy. So you can just cut that out. Just forget my plant <laughs> analogy. There was something to well, that, but it's a good analogy though. <laughs> Because, like, I mean, well, it's, I think the thing messy. is, well, and I think to say that there is when you're when you're transplanting a plant from one place to another, 
there is this there's this in between time like you talked about of where there's just like roots that are exposed and dirt that's like flying and we want so much like we like to feel rooted in and to feel secure and so i think sometimes we've rooted and secured ourselves in things that actually aren't god mm. you know and so there's something about that time of transition where you're just kind of exposed and it's like oh my goodness it's such an uncomfortable feeling and we just want to be rooted again but i think there's that opportunity to look and go okay well what has been my rootedness that really isn't in God and isn't lasting. And he, like I said, he loves us too much to like, let us find life in those other things. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's a really hard process of letting go of those things that we've rooted ourselves in and really like root ourselves instead in, in him and who, you know, in his agenda for us and his desire for us. I'm definitely like visualizing this picture of this plant being uprooted and just kind of like hanging there. Mm. And I'm like, oh, it feels like death. It does. <laughs> like, it does. Like, yeah. You know, to be so exposed, mm -hmm. it, it feels like death. And yeah. um, I think one thing that I'm thinking about right now is just like the frustration that comes when you're in that period. And like Sarah, you mentioned being annoyed with God um, <laughs> in that season. And I think it's like always like on the opposite side that it's easier to be like, oh, I'm thankful that God brought me through that mm. and the growth and the, and the yada, yada, yada. But when you're in the like actual middle of it, wrestling with him, what is it? What does it look like to approach God when you're mm. annoyed and frustrated and you feel that exposure um that you guys were talking about sorry you were asking specifically like what does it look like yeah i mean you can answer however you want <laughs> so meaning like what do our conversations with god look like yeah that that's a part of it for sure how do you even choose to go to god yeah i mean i'll say honestly it's been hard i'm thankful for like previous experiences of hardship that have changed the way i have conversations with god mm -hmm. um that just we've been through hard stuff and I've yelled and cried and screamed at God and been really honest. Yeah. And so I, I feel comfortable doing that with God. And that's mm -hmm. just such a freeing thing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll, I'll pray and then I'll stop and be like, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I said all of those things. That was just like <laughs> trite Christian things that mm. I didn't mean any of it. Yeah. I was on autopilot. Let's start again. Mm. <laughs> I'll actually be honest with you, Lord. Like, I just mm. sometimes feel like the beginning of most of my thoughts with God are, are untrue. Mm. Things I should feel like I should say yeah, and not I really mean. So mm. I enjoy my conversations with God, but sometimes I just get tired of saying the same things to God. Mm. It's never him that's the problem. It's, it's me. <laughs> so like, I mean, honestly, in this season, I feel like the conversations are very similar. Like, mm. I think, God for good days where I'm like, this is a good day. Mm. I am enjoying, I'm enjoying people. I'm enjoying the weather. I'm enjoying the things that I have on my plate, but, um, there are other days and the other days are way more common when I'm like another day of the exact same thing. Oh my goodness. I cannot handle this. And every time I tell people that I'm annoyed, they tell me, oh, but it's going to be okay. Everything's great. And I'm just like, yeah, cool. But I don't feel like that. Honestly, like I woke up today 
<laughs> worrying about this podcast because I'm like, I don't feel excited <laughs> about this week, about mm. the things on my plate. Yeah. My God, let's like change this routine. Mm. Can we move on? Like I'm done. Yeah. Have we not learned the lesson? And mm. but he he want. I don't want to have that conversation, but he yeah. wants it. And I know that every time I actually go to him, it's fruitful mm-hmm. and encouraging and he changes my heart. Yeah. But I keep having this struggle where I feel like I need to change my heart before I talk to God. Mm. And so I don't talk to him because I'm like, mm. I'm in a bad mood. <laughs> God doesn't need to hear that again, mm-hmm. but it's never true. Yeah. Well, and it's not like he doesn't know. Like if you don't say something, he's unaware <laughs> that mm-hmm. you're feeling that way. <laughs> um, I think I think for me, that resonates so much with me, Sarah. Like it is easy to like edit our prayers to say what we think God wants us to say. You know, like I'm going to come to you and have so much faith that this is going to be good. And he's like, yeah, but honestly, how do you really feel? <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think I find I find comfort particularly in two places in scripture. One is in the Psalms because, you know, a third of the Psalms are Psalms of lament where David or other psalmists are just like, this is how I feel. You've abandoned me. (laughs) Like, this is terrible. My life is over. You know, it's just this woe is me, like completely honest before God. And, and, you know, David was called a man after God's own heart. And I'm like, okay, so then I guess if I want to be like somebody that God is like, yes, this is how I want you to act towards me. Like, be like David and just put it all out there. And it's okay to rage against him. It's okay to be, to weep before him. And that's just, that's been really helpful for me. Cause I think I definitely grew up in a, a kind of spiritual environment where it's like, yeah, you, you're not angry with God because God doesn't do anything wrong. And so you have to be sort of this, you know, approach God with only faith and only, you know, trust and, um, I think learning to be honest with him and to say, like, I think there's an honesty that leads. I think our fear and honesty is it's going to lead to like complaining or grumbling. But I think there's an honesty that leads to humility. That's Mm -hmm. like, I am just going to be honest before you. I, this is way too much for me. I cannot do this. I'm helpless. I am needy. I am weak. And I just, that I think just opens the door for God to come in and be our help and our comforter. Uh, but I think the other the other passage that really encourages me is in is first uh, Kings 19 when Elijah has this whole thing where he's like done this amazing ministry and then he, you know one threat from Jezebel and he's like I just want to die you know <laughs> and he like goes off and he lays under this broom tree mm-hmm. and I think what's so cool is that like God ministers to him and that like he lets him sleep and he like feeds him. You know, like there's just this like basic level, like when we're in transition, there's a a lot of energy that goes to just like functioning, you know, and I think particularly like even right now, you've mentioned the pandemic. I don't think we realize what a constant drain the pandemic has on our lives. Mm. It, it's not tangible, but it's this constant adjustment that we're having to make. And that wears us down physically and emotionally. And so just to be reminded, like, God cares for us at that basic level of like, yes, sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is take a nap or like Mm -hmm. feed yourself, you know, and then you have the conversation with God. And Elijah's like, you know, over like more than once in this conversation with God, he's like, you know, my life is over. 
like, and God's like, okay, tell me again what you, why you think your life is over. You know, Mm -hmm. like he's so patient. And I think like just having those examples in scripture is encouraging to me um, that God is just like, so okay with me being completely messy and honest and that that can really lead to healing and restoration, you know? Yeah. How do we work on our, like a perception of who God is as this one who actually wants to hear Mm. our honest thoughts and who is patient with us and, Mm. um, can handle it all. Cause I think like sometimes, um, the, like the reason we don't go to God is we just don't think he cares or he's going to listen or hear us or we're so angry at him maybe <laughs> um, maybe we don't care I don't know um, I was thinking about how a few days ago like I think I was doing a study on holiness and I could just feel like bitterness like mm. God how can you expect me to be holy in this time <laughs> you know yeah. um, but you're right that it was mm. like I, I feel like I, it was coming to the surface in me, but I was like, shh, like be quiet. Like, don't, don't pay attention to this bitterness. But I felt like God was like, you are bitter and you are mad at me right now. And just like, let it come out to the surface where I felt like God was, was drawing it out. Cause I didn't want to uh, bring it out. But, um, yeah, I think that we need to be able to see God as somebody who cares about those things and who wants to meet us. How do we work on that perception of him in our lives? That's a great question. I think um, I think it's really hard. I think that we, we get into mental ruts about the ways that we view ourselves. And it's like, if you've ever like seen like on a dirt road in the country, I assume you guys have dirt roads in Canada. We have <laughs> yes. lots of them up in Minnesota where I grew up. But, you know, sometimes it's like if a wagon's or, a, you know, even a car, I'm thinking like olden times, like if a wagon ride, rides, rides down the same dirt road over and over again, there's just a rut that gets there where it's like stuck and we get stuck and it's like so hard to, to shift and make a new path. Mm-hmm. And I think for all of us, we need to examine like, what is the view of God that I've, that I've developed over my lifetime? And a lot of times it comes from you know, the relationship that we had with parents or other significant adults in our lives. And we've come to view God as that person. You know, if I had a parent who was really hard on me, expected too much from me, then of course I'm going to view God that way, you know? And for me personally, I don't know for you, Sarah, but for me, one of the ways that God has helped me reshape my view of him and rewrite some of those tapes, um, is just, I, I love to read. And so there's, um, Two, two authors in particular, Brennan Manning and Henry Nowen, who have just amazing books um, about like who, who we are in Christ and how he sees us, that um, I spent like a couple years when we lived overseas just like drowning myself in their writing. Um, like I think of The Inner Voice of Love by Henry Nowen or um, Abba's Child by Brennan Manning, like just... I just kind of immersed myself in those and just asked God to rewrite those narratives that I have in my head. And I, I did a lot of that work and I kind of naively thought like, oh, I'm now I've done the work and I'm never going to doubt this ever again. <laughs> you know. And I've realized like how easy it is to drift away from that, you know, and so I have to come back to that place where I remind myself, no, this is actually how he sees me. Sorry, I just feel like I have so many thoughts and I need to gather them. 
um, I overuse this word, but this idea of processing through your thoughts and emotions, mm -hmm. I think has been the most helpful thing uh, for me in life. Um, but just having like a, a curious attitude mm -hmm. to the things that come up, mm -hmm. right? Like mm -hmm. I feel something or like, like you said, Selena, right? Like when you, when you were doing that study and you noticed, you noticed the bitterness, mm -hmm. like that's, I think yeah. one of the best things to be doing to like, Oh, why, mm -hmm. why is this here? Why is this coming up? What does that tell me? Um, about what I'm believing right now, where is that coming from? Like, I just think learning to ask ourselves questions, mm -hmm. um, like being aware of what is coming up, learning to ask ourselves questions, um, not being afraid of them, yeah. right? Yeah. And then eventually giving them to God. Yeah. Um, I think that those things have been super helpful. Um, even this summer, I, these these feel these things feel so trite, but it is a complicated thing, right? Like we we're bringing all of our broken experiences into our relationship with God. So mm -hmm. it's one thing to say these things. It's another thing to actually do it, being willing to do it on a regular basis. Um, but one thing that's really been helping me when I don't want to talk to God or all of these things is to be like, hey, this is a, an actual relationship I have. Mm -hmm. um, God wants a relationship with me. Uh, I say that I love him. I need to work on this relationship. Mm. And that's just been so helpful for me mm. because often I really do see God as like, you know, a God or things I have that I do in my Christian walk um, as like things I have to do. Mm -hmm. And so it just really helps me being like, okay, I read my Bible not because I have to, because I, I get to, mm. and it helps me know about this person that I love. Mm. I say I love him, but if I don't hang out with him, what's the point? Like, it's mm. not helpful. So, um, yeah, I, I think I often think about that. Like, oh, if I have, if I think wrongly about a friend, I could learn about things theoretically, about how to work on a friendship. And honestly, sometimes that's, that's a great place to start. But I think the thing that really helps is to talk to my friend. Mm. And to just be honest, like, listen, I've been feeling this way about you. Um, like to clear the air and to figure out what's going on. And so I think, yeah, there are certain times where I'm like, you know what, this thing keeps coming up. I really need to learn about this thing to figure out how to address it. You know, like there's resources that are super helpful when topics keep coming up. Then like, mm -hmm. okay, we need to really hone in and look at that. But in general, what really helps me address wrong thoughts about God is to talk to God. Yeah. Cause staying yeah. away from him, only makes it worse. Yeah. And as soon as I come to him and I'm willing to be honest, like I just remember who he actually is. Mm -hmm. And so even people that when I am struggling with that and I'm honest and telling people about that, people that pray for me and with me in the moment are some of the most sweetest things because they take me to God when I'm struggling to go to him myself. Or they open up scripture and they show me sweet truths, but even more than that is when people pray with me. Mm. Um, yeah, I just think that's like they're acting as mediator on on my behalf when I just, it's been really hard. It's been too long. I've been ignoring him for a while and it just feels like so hard to get to him. 
when people pray with me and for me, that helps me like, right, I know how to do this. It's just been a while. We can do this again. I feel like I have a few questions here. And so I'm trying to mull through. Let's start with this one. Um, Like you talked about like pausing and noticing how you're feeling and how you're doing um, and like kind of noticing what's going on in, in ourselves so that we can then take that and be honest with God and with other people and allow them in. Um, how do we actually grow to be more in tune with our needs and um, our wants in the midst of transition? You know, I think what you said, Sarah, that word curious is so important. Um, we do have to be curious about our responses to things like, huh, that felt disproportionate. Why did I react that way? Or why, why, why am I getting so upset about this? Like, I think particularly helpful is um, paying attention to our anger because Mm -hmm. I think we get angry when something that we love feels threatened or when something that's really important to us feels threatened. And I think oftentimes that's a good clue to tell us like what our desires are, you know, and where they're being unmet or what our expectations are and where they're going unmet. And what is that? I mean, I feel like there's all kinds of threads you can pull on that. Like, what does this say about what I think how I think God should be working in my life or what I think I should be capable of doing. Um, I think paying attention to um, ways that we try to shut down desire, like paying attention to our language, Mm -hmm. you know, like I think oftentimes I'll hear people because I think when it comes to the desire, like the, the, the things that we want and need that get stirred up in transition, um, we tend to either try to shut it down so we don't have to feel it. Right. And so whether it's like we compare ourselves negatively to someone else, like we're like, well, at least it's not as bad as so and so over there. Right. Mm -hmm. Or we spiritualize it and we're like, oh, but, you know, God is good and I'll be fine. Or, you Mm -hmm. know, there's ways that we or we use negative language like, oh, it's so stupid that I want this. Like whenever we say that we're pouring contempt on our on our desire. But then I think like also paying attention to like the ways that we're trying to distract ourselves You know, like where, like when you feel a desire for comfort, like do you go to ice cream or Netflix or something else, you know, rather than just like sitting and meeting God in the desire? Um, I think those kind of things I think can really help us pay attention to um, what we want. But then I think it's also really hard to process our stories by ourselves. Mm. You know, I think when you mentioned being curious, what I thought of was... um, uh, it's a book by Brene Brown. Um, it's one of her more recent ones, and I can't remember what it's called now. Um, it's not Daring Greatly. I think it's something about being brave. I can't remember. But um, <laughs> anyway, but she talks about the idea that, like, um, she calls it the stories we make up. And that mm-hmm. when we when we experience something, we kind of make up a story about, well, this is why this happened to me, or this is what's going on in my life. And we aren't curious about those stories. And so we write this kind of really terrible first draft about what happened to us. And then we start to live out that story. And so she Hmm. says, she says, like, it's so important for us to take that story to someone else and say, hey, this happened to me. And like, help me, help me read this right, you know? And I think in, in transition, that's a really important thing to do to be like, hey, this is what I'm experiencing. This is kind of how I'm seeing God. Like, this is what, you know, and just to help, like, as we talk those stories out, I think other people can give us 
perspective, as long as they're the kind of people that, you know, there are certain people like we've talked about, like some, some people don't sit well with us mm-hmm. when we're in messy places, you know, but I think people who've learned to do that for themselves become people who do that well for others. And so, mm-hmm. you know, looking for those people who are going to give us grace and take us to Jesus, you know, and say, yeah, well, it sounds like maybe you want this, or it sounds like this is important to you, you know, to like have someone give some verbiage to what, to what we're experiencing. I think it's really hard to do that on our own because, you know, our tapes get in our head, like what we think we should be thinking about this or our history of, you know, how we've responded to ourselves in the past. And yeah, I think we need other people to help us find grace in transition. Mm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think it helps to know what is most, what comes most naturally but it it doesn't need to be the only way you process things. Like whether you're an internal or an external processor mm-hmm. is good to know. Yeah. Um, for me, I really benefit from journaling. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes when I feel overwhelmed and distracted, um, and it's just like really overwhelming, like I don't even know what to talk to God about, or like I just feel so distracted in my heart, in my head. Um, when I go to read the Bible, I'm like, sometimes I just need to journal. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, just get it out uh, out somewhere. Yeah, We can go back to these things, but let's just mm-hmm. get it out and then we can talk to God. Or mm-hmm. get it out and then talk to God about those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that can be really helpful for me. Um, but just because I'm an internal processor doesn't mean that there's been, hasn't been time, so many times where friends have named things that mm-hmm. I have never been able to like figure out mm-hmm. or they've noticed something sometimes in my behavior or like the ways that I speak and they've called Mm -hmm. it out. I'm like, Oh, I I didn't even realize I was doing that. That's Mm -hmm. so helpful. Um, so I think both of those things can be, can be good, but it's helpful to know what is most often the thing that you go to. Yeah. Um, I've noticed because I love journaling, I recommend that to people a lot, Mm -hmm. but I've noticed external processors need help starting the conversation externally Mm. before they even know what in the world to journal about. So it's like really mean (laughs) when they don't know what's going on in their life to tell them to journal because they're like, uh, about what though? (laughs) Like, I don't know what's happening in my life. And it's just so overwhelming for them to know what questions to ask themselves. Yeah. So it's helpful kind of to know your tendency as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But even like allowing whatever kind of spark something in your heart um sometimes i'm so thankful like uh, my pastor regularly in his sermons gives us application questions and sometimes there's certain questions and i'm like ooh, that hit like that hit <laughs> i need i need to think about this so i like mm. circle this i'm like go go think about this mm. this is clearly something that god is pointing in my pointing to or mm-hmm. in conversations where i feel like oh like that that topic that was brought up like that, that's something that I need to think more about and actually just give time to those conversations. Um, and Gina, you're right. I think there's some people that do it better than others, right? That draw things out of you better than others. And Mm -hmm. I think it's just helpful to have those people in Mm -hmm. our lives, but also to like get better at becoming those people (laughs) for ourselves and for other people. Yeah. Yeah. As you were sharing, I was like, yeah, sometimes like I really dislike sadness, my own <laughs> sadness. I can handle other people's more than I can handle my own. Yeah. Um, 
but how in transitions like there there tends to be like a grief like because mm-hmm. you like typically in a transition you're recognizing things that you've lost that yeah. you didn't even know was important to you mm-hmm. at some point yeah. or was important to you in general and um it's hard to choose to be sad about those things because I do kind of maybe say like oh like it's not that important or just let mm-hmm. it go like or say Christian Christian-y things to myself like <laughs> like God has something better in store for you so there's no need to be sad over this thing <laughs> that you're losing and just mm. have hope and faith and all the good things and forget about the bad things. But um, what I have found helpful in transitions is actually like listing out the things that I've mm-hmm. lost and mm-hmm. and choosing to be sad about those things, mm-hmm. um, knowing that if I'm not sad now, it's going to come up later and smack me in the face when I don't want it to. <laughs> yes. You know, it's like you're in a grocery store and you start crying over something <laughs> and you're like, why am I crying? Yes. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um what are thing, other things that you have found to be helpful or not helpful in the midst of transitions? Yeah, it's interesting that you bring up grief. I was just talking with someone about that today because she was saying like, she's kind of in this tension between like, well, I could keep pretending that everything's okay and like holding it together because grief, like entering into grief just seems so hard. And I just pointed out, I'm like, but this is hard too. Like to try to hold it together and pretend that everything's okay takes a lot of energy and it, it costs you something like that, that does, mm. it's not helpful in the long run. So I just, you just have to choose your heart. Like, are you going to choose the heart of holding it together or are you going to choose the heart of entering into the grief? And that's, yeah, it's hard to do. Like, it's so much easier to just like not walk into pain, but I think there's something really healing about doing that. And, um, yeah, unprocessed grief doesn't just go away. (laughs) That's not how Mm -hmm. grief works, right? So um, I think, I mean, I agree with what Sarah said, like journaling is really helpful. I think just to, and just to not, I think we edit ourselves even when we journal. It's like, oh, this is written down for posterity. I better look like I'm, you know, full of faith. And it's like, no, just write it down, (laughs) you know, just like let the emotion flow out of you. And I think, you know, remembering, like, it says in scripture that God keeps our tears in a bottle. And I just think, like, mm-hmm. you 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 collect things that are precious to you. And this idea that, like, God, like, enters into our grief with us and um, desires for us to, like, let that out. And there's something really healing about, about grieving. Um, and I, like you said, Selena, I think um, I've been in that process right now for me of, like, naming the loss of, you know, with my daughter being gone, like all of the, it's in one sense, it's like one big thing, right? Like my daughter left for school, but it's like a million little things, you know, like mm-hmm. all the implications of that. Like, it means that like, I don't know what to do on the weekend. Cause I don't have soccer to watch, <laughs> and you know, like all these things. And, um, and like, it's easy to minimize that grief and be like, Oh, it's not that big of a deal. Right. It's just a little thing, but like all of those little things add up. And, uh, and I think like honoring our own grief is just really important. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think it keeps us, what's also helpful for me is I think the fact that I'm grieving something means that I had something that I really, really loved. And that's a gift. Like that was a gift from God. And I want to honor that by grieving it. 
But then I think also the more I do that, the more I stay open to whatever God might give me in the future. Because if my response to grief is I'm going to harden my heart so I don't have to feel that pain anymore, then I think it also, it actually hardens us to joy too. Mm -hmm. So I think that's been good for me to remember like the importance of grief is that it really does keep me open to whatever God has for me in the future. That's a, a good point. I don't <laughs> want to be hardened to joy. <laughs> you can't you can't dial down one emotion. That's you you dial down all of your emotion when you mm-hmm. dial something down. So when you try to dial down just grief, that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really do think like like it was interesting because when I actually went to my counselor yesterday morning and I was processing this empty nest syndrome with her and she said, you know, I think it's really it what you've experienced is a death. And I think there's something about transition that we do experience these like small D deaths. You know, there's a death of a dream or there's a death of a plan or there's a death of the way I thought it should be. And that's worth grieving. I mean, we would never mm-hmm. not grieve a person, right? So this is this is a form of a death. And, and I think um, we need to honor that um, by allowing. And again, like lament feels scary. It feels like it's going to lead to despair or it's going to lead us to doubt or something like that. But I think there's really a difference between despair, which I think we do apart from God, and Mm -hmm. grief, which is like acknowledging the goodness that he's given us and honoring it and saying, yeah, this I this is so hard on my soul and he has compassion on that. So I think um, there's really another opportunity there just to meet God in in a valley, you know, in a hard place. Mm -hmm. I really loved what you said about the fact that like when you dial down, Mm. when you try to dial down any emotion, you're really dialing down all of them. I think that's so helpful. Mm. I think there's a lot of times where I feel emotionally numb and I think that's the result of Mm. avoiding a Mm -hmm. specific emotion or experience. I'm like, I don't want to think about this or talk about this. I'm like, cool, (laughs) but then you're going to be numb. Yeah, right. (laughs) And you're going to have to deal with that eventually. Um, and so I think that's really helpful to to even look for that or, or notice yeah. that. Like, yeah. do you feel numb? What have you been avoiding talking about? Like, <laughs> yeah. And and like the hope that you mentioned, right? Like mm-hmm. that there is, there is joy on the other side mm-hmm. of dealing with these hard things. Yeah. And there's freedom, right? Like there's yeah. freedom from being honest with yourself about what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like like life with God is never about avoiding the hard things. Yeah. Yeah. It's that he, he is the reason why we always have hope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like in, even in the darkest moments, like mm-hmm. because God is there, yeah, we have reason to hope. Even if we mm-hmm. don't see mm-hmm. what the other side is, like he's there. Yeah. Um, and I just think that's so amazing. I think even in, yeah, moments where I have to process grief. Like I, I, I feel like I confront that feeling of, I don't actually really ever say it, but the, the fear is what if this takes over? Mm -hmm. Like, what if I can't get, what if this grief overwhelms me or overtakes me? Yeah. What if this despair, if I address it, Mm -hmm. drags me down? Yeah. I was like, actually, there's no way Mm -hmm. that any of these emotions, Mm -hmm can take over because God is right here with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I just think that's, that helps me have courage. I'm like, God, I am terrified of this grief. I'm terrified of this sadness. 
I'm so afraid that if I open this box, like I won't be able to handle what comes out. Yeah. But just saying like, God, I, I know that you can handle it. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do this, not because I, I can handle it, but you can, and you're right here with me. And I think that's just so helpful. Yeah. I was on a call last week where the speaker had us write a psalm of lament. And um, I've, I've been with her when she's done this before. And she, when, the last time she used Psalm 22, this time she used Psalm 3. And she actually had us write out, like, you know, if you read the psalm, it's like a psalm of David when, you know, something was happening to him. And so she had us write, like, literally, like, a psalm of Gina when this happened mm -hmm. to me, you know. And so she had us go through the same pattern and like, you know, pe many people are saying of me, blah, 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 and right in our own circumstances. And um, there's a shift in the middle of the psalm. It says, but God, blah, 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 blah. Like you are this. And it was just like, it was really a, a good process to like fully acknowledge like, yeah, this is the circumstance that I'm in. And then invite God into it and say, but okay, but here's how I'm going to see you in it. And I mean, there's a point where it's like, you know, kind of like, I, I wish you would do this to my enemies kind of thing. Like there's just this place of being able to just fully express the grief and the anger and, and yet plant yourself in hope. Like, but God mm -hmm. is my hope and I, you know, please bless the situation. And so I think even something like that can be a really helpful process in working through grief is just to use the scriptures as a model. Like, this is, this is biblical to do this, to really express our grief openly. Yeah. On the other side of like the coins, there's like grief in transitions. What does it look like to celebrate in the midst of transition? I think I've talked about, when I talk on this to topic, I often talk about the, the importance of the practices of worship and gratitude, which... Mm -hmm. I mean, I think if any of us are honest, when we're in a hard place, like that's probably the last thing that we really want to do naturally. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that's, you know, I think whenever we encounter resistance, you know, to something, that's probably a good place to press in. And so I think the practice of worship of like really just like there are times in transition where I've had to stop and go, okay, who is God today? Like, he is good. He is sovereign. He is my help. He is gracious. He is generous. Like just to write out like his attributes to like remind myself like, okay, this, there is solid ground, even though everything feels really unsettled. And then I think like the practice of gratitude, like there was a point in the middle of the pandemic where I was like waking up every day and I would be like, my first thought would be like, oh God, we're in a pandemic. Like it's it's still true like it hasn't gone away overnight <laughs> like it's still a reality and i thought okay but no like what is also true and i i started thinking of like all the scripture that's like um that had like the phrase like in the morning like who god is in the morning and i started like okay this is what i want my first thought to be in the morning like God, you, you meet me with your love in the morning or like your, your mm -hmm. compassion is new every morning. Or like, I just started like trying to fill my head with that instead, because I was like, this is, these are the thoughts I want to have. And then there was another morning where I was, I was sitting in my little prayer room and I had this chai latte. I love chai latte. Mm -hmm. And it like occurred to me that when God made the ingredients for chai latte, he was like, Gina's going to love this. And I was like, that's so cool, you know, mm -hmm. but I just thought like, I was like literally overwhelmed with gratitude for this chai latte. And I just, I think what it reminded me of is like how important it is to like 
look around. And sometimes I feel like when things are hard, I have to start at like the granular level of like, God, thank you that I have breath in my lungs today, that I can walk and talk and I have a roof over my head and I have clothes on my back. And yeah, I could think about all the ways that life isn't the way I want it to be right now, but I'm going to choose to look at all the ways that you are showing up. And I feel like when we do that, it starts to train our eyes to see where he is at work, where Mm -hmm. we maybe we're just like, just accepting like, oh yeah, that's the way life is. And it's like, actually, no, that's God at work. And that's God like blessing me even in this hard season. And I want to pay attention to that. And so I think that for me has like really helped me like look at my circumstances differently. They don't change. My circumstances don't change when I practice worship or gratitude, but it's just like what I'm looking at changes. I mean, honestly, I I would say that that's, yeah, that would be my response too. I mean, in line with worship and gratitude, I I love singing Mm. and like, just to remind myself, like what, I mean, the situation sucks, but the things that bring me joy are still the things that bring me joy. Mm -hmm. So, um, like, what are the things that bring you joy that you can do, Mm -hmm. um, and, and make sure you make time for them. Yeah. It's just so funny how um, I just, like, do things throughout the day. And then my friend, like, she regularly checks in with me. And she's like, have you been going for walks? I'm like, no. (laughs) She's like, oh, okay. Do you know why you're upset? Because you like going for walks. And you haven't gone for a single walk, you weirdo. Obviously, you're angry. (laughs) She's like, have you talked to people? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, for work or whatever. I'm like, if you haven't talked to people that are life-giving, yeah. obviously, like that's not, that's not going to be helpful. Yeah. Have you been singing? Like I love singing, but mm. I don't make time in my schedule mm-hmm. for the things that bring me joy. It's like always mm. an afterthought. I'm like, well, like mm. I actually have to be intentional uh, to put things into my schedule that will be life-giving yeah. and that do give me joy. And even asking myself, like you were saying, Gina, like when we're in a situation or in a season where we're not happy mm-hmm. with the season, the things that come quickly to mind are the things that we're unhappy about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So the things that I normally think about is like another day (laughs) in this situation that I dislike, (laughs) that is a horrible way to like start your morning. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Great. (laughs) And it's kind of like, I walk around being like day impress me. I hope nothing of you, (laughs) but impress me. Like, just such a jerky attitude (laughs) to like the world around me and to my life but it's helpful for me to ask myself like okay I'm constantly thinking about the things that I don't have that I Mm. wish I had Mm. the place that I was want to be that I'm not in um but it helps for me to stop and ask like what do I have what have Mm -hmm. I been given in this moment Mm -hmm. that is good that I'm so thankful for that I cherish those are things that I can thank God for. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are gifts right in this moment. Um, so like, that's, that's helpful. I think it's hard for me to go there, but it's just so helpful for me to regularly spend time and ask like today, what was a gift today? Mm-hmm. What was a joy today? That's yeah, that's been really good for me. And I think also like we really do I don't know if this I just feel like I'm saying that we're horrible people I'm sorry <laughs> I want to say better things but we just don't ever think of being thankful for the mundane mm-hmm. right it's like I want to be thankful for the out of the ordinary things and yeah every once in a while things happen out of the ordinary that are great mm-hmm. 
But I think the thing that blows my mind when I focus on being intentional about gratitude is how much the everyday blows my mind. Yeah. Mm. Like, this is so good that I get these things. I'm so thankful in this season that I get to make coffee every morning. Mm. I save so much money. <laughs> that's amazing. But I love that that's now a part of my morning routine. Mm -hmm. If anything else changes, I make my coffee. And like those few minutes where my roommates know I, I don't like to talk for the first half hour, I'm still waking up. But like those few moments doing that routine and then tasting coffee that I got to make for myself is like such a sweet, sweet joy. Really thankful I didn't sell that, but you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I think what you're saying kind of brings up the point of the importance of self-care in mm -hmm. transition because, I, and I think we can um, like mistake uh, escaping for self-care, like escaping to like, mm -hmm. it's, I mean, it's totally fine. Sometimes self, sometimes self-care is like, yeah, I'm going to just lay on the couch tonight and I'm going to watch this TV show. But if that becomes like what I do in every spare moment, then you're probably escaping and it's probably not the most self-care, you know? But like, I think of like how, like I said earlier, like there's this underlying drain that happens in transition that we're often not aware of and it, and it causes us to be more tired and um, more easily triggered. And so it's so much more important to make sure that we have places where we're doing things that really do restore us, whether it's mm -hmm. meeting a friend for coffee, or it's going for that walk, or spending time in scripture, or just like, you know, doing whatever hobby restores you. Like, it's not selfish to include those things in your life. It's actually really essential to help us stay in a, a place that's healthy. So I'm glad you brought that up because it's a good reminder that, you know, we're operating from a harder place. So that's going to take more out of us and it's okay to make space for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I actually was just going to mention like just being careful about complaining. Mm -hmm. And I want to be careful about that. Like there's a difference between complaining yeah. and just being honest about how you're feeling. Yeah. Um, I, often respond to most things in life with humor and most often like self-deprecating jokes. <laughs> but I think, um, yeah, I feel like God's been kind of showing me like, Hey, like you laugh, but there's bitterness behind your words. Mm. Um, and I think that's been interesting to consider, like, how am I complaining about my situation in unique and creative ways mm. that I need to be careful about? Mm. Um, because that's also like, speaking a certain type of reality to myself yeah um yeah mm. i think that robs you of joy too totally yeah uh, i was just thinking gina as you were sharing um about self self-care as well how um it, like there is that idea of restoration is how that idea of restoration is so important because um sometimes i can maybe go above what I should <laughs> with self-care like be indulgent like mm -hmm. any money that I have saved I have now spent um, on plants <laughs> and I did have to tell myself enough though like one of the things that I'm grateful for is also plants in this season and even the color green it's like mm. that's such a small thing to be mm -hmm. thankful for but it's like I look at my plants and see how green they are and I'm just 
like thankful that God created colors and that he created the color green. Uh, who knew that I would appreciate the color green so much um, in this season? Not me, but um, yeah, like I think sometimes I can take things too far with my, you know, quote unquote self-care and be a bit too indulgent and I have to say, okay, enough. Like this is, this is yeah. not actually caring for yourself. It's like right. seeking comfort in the wrong things as yeah. well. Um, yeah. Which mm-hmm. then is like, I'm I'm now rooting myself in, dangerous mm-hmm. things apart mm-hmm. from God too. So yeah. there's that like tricky, I don't know, balance, but I think a lot of that is like learning more about yourself and learning mm-hmm. more about God and mm-hmm. um, having him be the one who um, forms us in that time of transition and shows us what is actually good and what is harmful for us. But knowing that we, whatever it is, we can take it to him in honesty as well. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have any last thoughts that you want the listener to take away? I was just thinking as we were talking about some of these things that all of these things that we should do in times of transition are things that we should be doing in life. Yeah. <laughs> in general. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, which, which also, I think, points to the fact that like we think transitions are disturbances to normal life. Hmm. But I think that's like a, that's an issue in terms of how we view what life should be mm-hmm. like, right? Yeah. Like, I think that's interesting yeah. because I mean, yeah, I've been in the old Testament and I just finished reading Daniel and it like, it's really helpful for me to think about how, um, as God was sending his people into exile, he was telling them that this is not the end of the story. Um, I will bring you back to your land. I will reconcile you to myself. I will heal you from your rebellion and sin. Mm -hmm. Um, And he told them the end of the story, Mm -hmm. but he also told them that it would be hundreds of years Mm -hmm. before they would see that. And so I just, I think that's been very interesting, not comforting, but interesting (laughs) for me to think, wow, like the whole Bible is about waiting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's really interesting that we can see, we can see and read about believers, uh, that we will see in eternity, um, wrestling with not being where they want to be. Yeah. Um, crying out because life is not what they want and struggling with God, uh, Mm. that about timing. Yeah. Uh, so I just... That's been helpful for me. I think it's been a sober reminder for me about like, life doesn't start when you get to South Asia. Yeah. Um, life didn't end mm. during your transition. Mm-hmm. Like life is happening right now. And honestly, I mean, I don't know if this is super pessimistic, but I, I don't know how many years I have. Mm. Like, I don't know if God will... I will get to see Christ before I get to South Asia. Will my life not have been worth it if I didn't get there? No, Hmm. because my life was never measured by what I accomplish or where I go. It was always measured in Christ. Yeah. So this transition does not define my life or dictate my value or worth. Like God has always been that. And I think even in this transition, God's asking me, he's like, do you want me more than Mm -hmm. going to South Asia? And honestly, the reality has been my 
pain and my anger towards him is because I actually want a destination more than him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think to your point, Sarah, like as you think about the Israelites, like one of the verses we love to quote is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. you know, he knows the plans he has for us. Right. But the, the interesting thing about that verse is that if you look at the, the context of Jeremiah 29, it's a passage to people in transition. Like if you want to know, if you yeah. want some principles for transition, read Jeremiah 29, because this is what God is saying to the exiles in Babylon who he is sending there for 70 years. So there are people who are going there who are going to die in exile. And mm-hmm. God says to them, I know the plans I have for you in this place. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. To give you a hope and a future in this exile, right? In this place that is so hard. This, And I think that's the hope that I have is like life doesn't, like you said, life doesn't start after this transition. Life is here. God mm-hmm. is here in this moment. And, and I think that the way that we really meet him in it is by really honestly bringing our hearts before him and admitting our need and inviting him in, allowing ourselves to, to grieve what we need to grieve and celebrate what we want to celebrate and just be emotionally honest before him and know that he is going to meet us in that. And, you know, if we struggle to, to believe that that's true, then that's a great place to lean in is, okay. I want to believe that you are kind and gracious to me in this place. And I don't see you that way. So help me see you that way. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, God, God, God brings life even in the midst of the hardest places we can meet him in those places. That's really helpful. Thank you both so much for being a part of this yeah. podcast and sharing your experiences. Um, I have not read your book yet, but I plan on reading it. I, I do want to say that it is a very pretty cover. I love yeah, you. It's so pretty. I love I it. I was so happy with it when they showed it to me. It's funny because I do direct a program called Leaf. So when they put a leaf on the cover, I was like so excited because they didn't they didn't know that. So I was like, oh, that's my thing. <laughs> Yeah, it's very cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I do hope that God meets all of us in the midst of this transition and really does show us that he does have our good in store for us. Um, and He is it's not just a good that we're waiting for, but a good to us in this moment as well. At the end of every episode, we love to give you, the listener, just a couple of questions to think through, to process through on your own and with God. So here are the questions for this episode. Are you in the middle of a transition? If you are, what are the losses you might be experiencing in this transition? What is it like for you to be honest with God? Is that an easy process or is it difficult? Share with God your honest thoughts now. What life is God offering you in this moment?
Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope that it blesses you and that God uses it to help you while you're in the making.